Good morning. Good morning. Java Delight will uplift you. Stay tuned. The show is about to begin. Grab your coffee. Stay tuned. This show is about to begin. Good morrow, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brandon Croucher. I am sitting here with the one, the only, the most beautiful woman in all of the Southern African tip. She feeds the great white sharks. She dives with the dolphins. She swims with the orcas and pets giraffes with her morning coffee. Her name, Miss Ilsa. How are you, sweetie? You make my life sound so fabulous. <laughs> I just close my eyes and I go like, oh, that sounds so much fun. <laughs> You're like, that is way better than what I'm doing. I want to go pet exactly. a giraffe. I did washing today. Hi, guys. I did washing today. And I got you like 10 minutes before the show. Yeah, so all, the, all the washing's clean, but it's not dry. <laughs> so I got a crap load of wet washing that I have to hang up after the show. So it's been a morning. It's been they don't have the... they don't have dryers in South Africa. They do. Oh, hold on, hold on. I am so sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, Jane. Yay. We have literally talked about you so much. We we since your surgery, we have been worried about you. We wanted to make sure you were okay. I even sent you an Instagram message to give you love. Seeing your name starts my day in a positive way. That and the donut that I have hidden in the corner. Do you have a donut oh, in the corner? Shh, don't oh, tell Jessica. Donut. Jessica Dugas made it's the... It's my donut. I don't. Hold on. I can share. I can share. They're donut holes. So I picked up donut holes this morning. Well, that's the, that's the healthy part is the holes. Here you go. <laughs> Breakthrough show. Good morning, sweetie. Good to see you. Jessica made breakfast this morning, and I have to be honest, I have no idea how she does it. I'm like, so what'd you make for breakfast? She's like, why do you care? I'm like, because, and she was picking on me. We're being fun. And I'm like, because you always have interesting breakfast. She goes, Grapes with potato. You ready for this? Pancakes. Sends me a picture of them. And I'm like, those look like heaven. Do you put syrup on them? And she's like, no. And you don't put syrup on pancakes. I'm like, yeah, you, on, on potato pancakes? You put syrup on anything. You put syrup on anything. Let's be honest. I'm elf. Will Ferrell's my inner, inner soul, my inner child, I think, at times. Um, no, no, no. Potato waffles. Oh. I, I, she didn't say why do you care <laughs> i she had no idea where i was because i started sending her screenshots of where of like being only 150 miles from her house and she's like wait a minute how are you or uh from 
Phil's work. And she's like, how are you that far? Only that far. And I'm like, I may be in the car. I may be at a hotel. What's funny is I set the camera up so that you'd have the clean bed behind me, not the dirty bed. And apparently I sat at the wrong spot. <laughs> oh, well. But it's, it, so here's what I'm doing. I am driving down to Texas. I am picking up a puppy. And so at the end of the week, you're going to get to see me with a puppy, loving on a puppy, kissing a puppy. It will be are probably you, be, are you driving back alone with the puppy in the car? Absolutely. Welcome to to parenthood. Good luck. I, I've done. <laughs> I have done parenthood. I've done it before. Remember, not all babies are the same. <laughs> yeah, some, I've some... had horrible experiences with long drives and children. My kids think that when they're in the back seat and you're on holiday, they need to puke on everything, and that's the one thing that I cannot stand the smell of, or I want to puke is puke. I can do anything, but I cannot stand that smell. And then they puke in my car and it's all over me and it's usually in my shirt. And it's like, it's horrible. So I hope you have a good puppy. <laughs> oh, she'll be fine. I, I Dogs are easy with me. This dog's going to be perfect. I love her. Wow. Uh, Jane says she had some serious health issues, but we're watching it closely. Jane, please know we sent you good vibes. We sent you love. We sent you positivity. We know that you're going through something. We were starting to miss you like hundred percent. I literally in meetings was like, can somebody please reach out to Jane, Tokyo Bento, a couple different people. Cause we really wanted to make sure we connect with everybody. Uh, so Elsa, tell me how long is that puppy staying is my question. How long is the puppy staying a puppy? <laughs> it's like, you. So, well, she's she's actually asking it because I'm going to stop at the Dugas house over the weekend on the drive home. So that way I can spend some time with the Dugas family. Uh, oh, today, so awesome. I, today, I might just happen to stop by Phil Dugas's work in a onesie and be looking for the big D. I'm going to like walk around and be like, I need a big D. Where's the big D at? I need a big D. Does anybody have a big D here? I'm looking wonder, for the big D. I wonder what he'll do if you pitch up and do that. I, I, make a video, I need to see that. I have to be honest. I'm kind of hoping that, like, I embarrass him, but that he laughs <laughs> and knows it's all in good fun. So, you know what I'm saying with that. Hi, Hi Sherry. Brian, Thank foods you. that are around make are zero calories. I love it. I like it. the way Brian thinks there. I agree. Especially the, the middle part of the donut's the best. Well, the hole in the donut is like, so there's a combination here. I didn't need these. I'm at the gas station getting ready to get ready for my drive. And the guy is taking them out of the oven, having the sugar put on top of them, like this, the glaze. And then he's literally just turning around and setting them on the counter and, like, to cool for a minute. And then he, they're going to go. I go, what's the special on those? He goes, you buy two for three bucks. I'm like, got it. Two boxes. Got it. And I gave the other one to the front desk cat clerks here just oh, because I know they deal so with awesome. crappy people all day. You they know? Do, they do. I take my hats off to retail people to deal with Karens. <laughs> I saw one the other day. They called it a Brandon, and I didn't like it. No, ours is usually uh, um, Dave. 
Dave. No, the Brandon one made me laugh. It really no, did. Like, I'm like, <laughs> it wasn't what I wanted, but it was still funny because of the fact that it was, <laughs> it literally goes, she, <laughs> never mind. In the <laughs> Glaze Brandon and the Big D. Mm, sounds like a new show to me. Sounds like a reality yeah. show to me. That does sound like a reality show. And Glaze Brandon can mean two different things. Ooh. Ooh. How far do you have to drive now when you're done with the show? Uh, after the show, I only have to drive. Well, it depends. Oh, guys, we're at 329 subscribers. Help us wow. get over the 330 mark today. All right? That, uh, that's one person. That means somebody has a cousin that has a friend that has a sister that's a pain in the ass that you really think needs to have some better energy in their life. Do them a favor. <laughs> say, hey. Yep. 100. Uh, CLE, CLE Brandon in a onesie in a car dealership in the South. Sounds like a straight jacket. <laughs> Honestly, I could see that, Brett. I, I could. I, I If I get arrested in Tennessee, guys, please know that I am looking for Brett Gordon, uh, Bob, Bob. I want Bob to come get me out of jail. Oh, Sherry, I love you. You are, you are my hero. You, Mr. Brian Tracy, Miss Jane, Mr. Brett. Now, how long is the puppy staying a puppy is my question. I don't know. Like that I'm probably gonna have to I'm gonna have to break that puppy early just because my family like they break their own rules. So I'm gonna have to break the rules to be able to like no, don't do this. Keep this puppy a puppy, like or a dog. You no. know? <laughs> so I needed to put food in me. I apologize. What, Brandon, if you are on the road of sixty-nine, that's where I am today. Brian. I know I'm on 65 headed south. I'm in, uh, I'm literally parallel to you, bro. Parallel. You're in Indiana. I'm in Kentucky. Like, for real. Um, I'll bring you cookies on Sunday and a bar of soap on a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Just bringing it. It's like, I'll bring you soap on a rope so it doesn't fall. <laughs> Right? He's like, you do not want to not have it. Uh, I thought you were not going to be training the puppy. What happened to boundaries? Uh, no, I'm only training the puppy while I'm in the car and until I move into my new place. That's the only thing. They have to follow the rules. It's like a trainer coming in, bring him powdered soap. <laughs> Bite me. Uh, but like in all seriousness, no, I, the boundaries are there. They know that I will be teaching them how to do it. I will be watching them. And then I'm just sticking to the plan of how the dogs, a dog gets trained. Uh, the dog will be learning how to be crate trained. The dog is going to be, a, that dog is their dog. And if the dog bites somebody now, it's not my fault uh, because that shows who you are as a dog trainer. That's where I stand with people that I trained their dogs. Um, <laughs> Bob's laughing at that. Uh, so, Ilsa, I'm on this road trip, and I technically have 13 hours until I'm in Texas of driving. I drove last night for about six and a half hours, okay? okay. So, with the combination of both, how many hours do you think I had the radio on? 
not long because they play a bunch of shit if it's the same as South Africa. I do not yeah. listen to radio at all. I'm always on Spotify. Always. I am always on Spotify. I have never, ever, 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 ever been a fan of the radio. Uh, I don't even like regular TV because of the commercials. Like, I have to change the channel. It's boring to me. And not just you that, know. they've got like five songs that they put on shuffle and then they try and convince you that they don't play this five songs. They've got a no repeat work day that they've got. But if you are in your car and you listen to the radio on your way before the work day starts, it plays the song. Then during <laughs> the work day at, at work, it plays the song. And then when you're in your car on your way home, it plays the same freaking song, the same song. And then it's not even beautiful songs, it's horrible. <laughs> I actually agree with you. Like, I, I don't listen to the radio at all, but, like, I did turn it on to just get an idea. And then I, I, I the weirdest thing, I turn off Spotify. I turn off the, <laughs> Brian is technically right, because 15 minutes, because your phone didn't stop ringing. Oh, Spotify is Satan's mistress. That's funny. Um, why, why I love Spotify. It's yeah, That's how Satan gets you. Well, Satan can get me anytime. Satan doesn't need Spotify. I'll sort of download it myself. Thank you. <laughs> okay, music Rebel. I can't live without my music. Rebel without a cause over there, Miss Ilsa. Take me over the world. <laughs> Take me over the world, Spotify and Amazon. Um, no, I turned everything off and I sat in silence and drove. And I did that just to have it be like me. Like, I needed to be in the quiet. I didn't want noise. I didn't want conversations. And so when I wasn't getting a phone call, I literally, like this morning, Brian and I were texting, and Brett and I are texting, and I'm messaging you. And the whole time I'm in the shower trying to, like, get ready for today. Because I just, I, I don't like driving and then feeling all icky. Like, I need to shower. I could literally go days without showering, and then all of a sudden I drive for a few days, and it's like, I need a shower. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but I sat in silence because there's a lot going on and there's a lot happening around all of us. And I just want to be able to be the best me I can be. And for me, that's sometimes just stopping everything around me and just being in the silence. And that was really essential for me yesterday. Um, I kind of expected Brett Gordon to call me at one point in the night. And just be like, hey, how you doing? And like, try to like pick on me. And I didn't hear from him. So I'm like, he must be sleeping. And then this morning, the first thing out of his mouth is, man, did I sleep last night? I don't remember sleeping like seven hours like that ever before. Icky Brandon in the shower text. <laughs> what was that? Sorry, else I interrupted you. No, I just also read Icky Brandon in the shower text. I like driving in silence, not often, because sometimes my thoughts are too loud and then I put on my loud music. But some days I also need that silence and um, listening to radio, it just fills your head with all the shit that's going on and people stealing and the government not doing their work and people dying of poverty and it's just negative and COVID and I have seen so many reports on TikTok because that's my news outlet. <laughs> TikTok, I saw a video on TikTok. 
<laughs> I think I said it to Brandon that that says so many people are fighting the the the, the vaccine passport. Vac vaccinated people, unvaccinated people. I mean, so let's see where this ends. Let's see where it goes. Let's see. If they make you get the vaccine to come here, are you going to do it? You know, I've thought about that question so many times. And the answer is 100% because that's really something that I want to do. But I've also said that I will wait as long as possible for me to take it. If they say I need to take it a day before I fly or whatever, that is when I'll take it. So I'm not rushing to take it because what will happen will happen. I think I... Hi, Brian. I, I think I vibrated the, the, the vaccine out of my life for time being, not focusing on it, not focusing on, because I see they already starting. I, I mean, I saw it, I saw a TikTok again. I'm going to say this. The guy says, have you looked at the passport? They say you shouldn't laminate it. There's more than five or six spots that needs to be filled in. Oh, also, Kathy, you did laundry I'm, and I was driving. I, I we both, we both had so much. We need to do a special laughing thing. You and I, after the show, are going to record ourselves, pick a song, laugh, laugh, and and send it to just Kathy. All right, we're going to dance just for definitely, her. Don't worry. Definitely. Don't worry. Anybody else that wants to join us, right? Join in the comments right now. And after the show, I will put a link out there. And anybody that wants to dance and laugh with us for one song, Elsa and I are going to stick around after the show for one song to dance with everybody. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring Brett in too to make sure he dances and shows off his sexiness. Uh, so go ahead, Elsa. I'm sorry I interrupted you. We both realized that right at the same time. I can't remember what I was busy saying. The shot, the vaccine. Oh, yes. So, so, so they say on the card it already has different spots where for the new variants and, 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 and all those kind of things. So um, I think I shared it with you. Otherwise, I shared it to my other account. So I'll definitely go and look for it. But they actually tell you not to, 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 to laminate it for in case you need to write on it again. Right. Uh, I yeah. was actually laughing. I was. I, I. I did my laundry at a friend of mine's house. The friend that's going on this spiritual trip with me. Um. And 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 we were actually. She's 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 going through such a, a a big breakup and such a huge shift in her life. And we were actually talking about our past relationships, and I got so sad to hear what she had to endure at the hands of men in her life and she's my little pixie witch she's got this long red irish hair she's from irish descent she's the most beautiful goddess that i've seen in my life the most gentle soul and to yeah how she's been abused and everything and it's just sad so um sherry actually asked me if um i have a way that that that, that people can donate to our trip um, and I'm trying to figure out a way. I do have PayPal, but I don't know how to switch it from the cash in PayPal to cash into my bank account. So I'm trying to figure that out. And then I just want to say thank you, Sherry, for, for, for wanting to donate. Um, every little bit helps. And you guys, currency is actually very strong in our country. 
So even if it's just a $10, it makes a huge difference, a huge difference. And I really appreciate that Sherry, that Sherry wants to donate to, to, to my cause and to, to, to empowering a friend of mine, because that's my calling. Um, being in that situations myself as well and knowing what I had to overcome in my own insecurities not to be in a relationship like that so I feel for her and 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 I just want to say today for anybody that has suffered at the hands of any other human being you do not deserve it no one deserves to be mistreated and 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 stepped into on the in the ground and i just i think that you're saying that 100 percent correctly also i think that bringing attention to that is essential especially because there's so many things out there that people don't realize like they could be hurting people and there's stuff like that and we need to make sure that we bring a positive atmosphere a positive place where people like your friend can come join us and have a fun time because Elsa, you're trying to be a, a supportive soul you're trying to help somebody that you means the world to you uh does she have any kids or anything she does she actually has an older daughter that lives with her husband in new zealand also very close to my story i resonate with her story as well and then she's got a little girl of three years old with her current husband now and just going there and then this morning when i stopped there she just grabbed me because we're going to this and, and we can actually sell our talents she's a reiki master and everything so um this morning when I stopped there, she just grabbed me. She said, you should sell your hugs because they give so much energy. <laughs> she says, I'm going to oh, put up a stool there where we go and you must just uh, sell your hugs because when you give me a hug, you just shoot energy into my into my heart chakra and into my life and you just empower me. And I tell her because she tells me and, and, and I just tell her, when you're in a situation, just stand in your truth, be authentic stand your ground nobody has the right to enforce anything onto you mm-hmm. they don't so for her to find her voice coming out of so many relationships her current relationship is not as bad but there's still some tendencies and everything so it's difficult it's difficult oh, for yeah. for oh, yeah. to, to, to turn around especially if, if if you are financially um dependent on that person it is very very difficult to let go and and, yeah. and trust that you will be sorted yeah and also it comes from a, from a very very deep line of christians mm. um, so it, it pains my heart it pains my heart i used to look up to christians when i was younger well i think that I, I, you didn't see the truth you didn't see how they were treating people um, so, but that's the thing. I want to make sure I clarify something here because I love you. I know what you're saying because I'm from the church too. And I had a very big anger towards the church. Like I did. And that's not trying to be mean mean or say anything wrong. But then I had to like have a separation of that myself and realize that the church is just full of people. And I honestly... I got more out of the LGBTQ community and I'm not any of those. I'm, I, I'm Brandon, no other letters. And 
I just hit a point where the church wasn't filling me because it's full of people. And the judgment that came from those people made me feel less of myself. So for me, it was separating myself from those things to be able to truly step out and see that there's more to this world and maybe there is more than just that one God. So I don't get mad at them anymore. And that's from a former youth pastor. I get to a point where I say, all right, I'm going to move in a different direction and let my light shine. Um, I like the way that you say your hugs. They light people up because the truth is that's what I like to do. I love hugs. Like when I see Phil later today, I'm not just hugging him. I'm probably going to pick him up, just being honest. Um, it's my first <laughs> time meeting him. If he's not bigger than you, if he's not bigger than you. He could be I bigger feel that, 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 that he might be bigger than he, you and picks you up. He's bigger than me. Like I think he's 6'2", and I'm only 5'10". Yeah, you know what they say, the big D. Oh, anybody over 6'2"? <laughs> I would not know, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know after I hug him, okay? Okay, let me know, let me know. But, like, no, in all seriousness, <laughs> it's one of these things where... Elsa, you're 100% right. And, and the love that was the, that's supposed to be emphasized through all of that is one of these things that I literally look at and I say, if that's falling short and you know you have more than that, let's show that. Let's be that example. And that's what I strive to be because like, so like the hugs, when you go in for a hug, do you do the one up, one down? So that way it's like sideways kind of. It all depends who it is and where they go. So, so, so this friend of mine, I call her the, she's my little genie. Since I've met her, I feel she just, I must put her in a lamp and put her in my pocket so I know she's safe. Yeah. <laughs> and she just wants all my wishes. As I said, she's got this beautiful red hair and this kind soul. And um, she's very short. So when she, not very short, she's almost my size, but I'm a little bit, uh, taller than her so she's i'm about five two and i think she's about five so so five two five three i think if i i am translating that correctly but i'm a shorty i'm 1.58 meters i don't know how many inches that is but that is how tall, tall how tall i am and she's shorter than me so she'll put her arms underneath me and then i'll just like give her a hug as tight as i can that's true i hug people and i do the over under so that way it's like this depending on the person but then as i let go i come back and i do it the opposite way and the reason you do that is your heart then and their heart make a cross of a heart on each other and it's oh, wow. giving each other Interesting little tip somebody gave me. That's and they were like, as well, they say you shouldn't break a hug before 12 seconds because it takes about 12 seconds for your energy to, to, to be. So because you hug, your heart chakras are over each other. So a, a, a hug actually activates your heart chakra because a hug, when somebody hugs you, you can actually feel the love and the energy. So it actually just recharges you. So after 12 seconds and longer, the charge is just so much more. So I like hugs with intention. <laughs> you know, and it's like... <laughs> Elsa, there's a question here for you that I'm going to dive into now. Are you ready? I am. I am. The girls, we actually, I have got two pledges 
that's pledging with me, a girl in the house. Um, her name is Faithy. She's she's my friend. We sat on the container yesterday and we also had a talk about breast cancer again. And she says, yes, I'm still in. And she goes, what? I'm missing, I must sign another. Okay, what are we, Brandon? Well, are you speaking African to me? Yeah, <laughs> I like right. lost my train of thoughts so completely now. What was I busy saying? Oh, and Faithy said, no bra for 30 days. She's with me. And I'm like, okay. So this friend of mine said, she says, I'll do at home. No bra. But when I go out to the shops, which is never often, I'll have to have to put, put a bra. bra. Yeah. Nice. She says she, has to, she feels uncomfortable. She um, says she feels better, but she is going to try her best. And I said, you know what? That's all I'm asking is try. It's not easy. I know. I've been changing my 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 fashion a little bit to like hide it and feel more comfortable do, until I'm Do more you feel uncomfortable with that? I don't feel uncomfortable. And it's as um, we explained when we had this conversation this morning, it's not about being uncomfortable. It's like my nipples are in a certain spot. Wrong girls. <laughs> okay, which girls? I've got like... <laughs> I am lost now. Am I talking about the wrong girls? Must I stop talking about the girls? Okay. I'll stop. I'm just, I, I, I'm letting the comments come in while you talk about your boobs. It's kind of fun. I'm sorry. Why, the, health, the, the proper medical term, your breasts. My breasts. Your boobies. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So, I'm all right. Sure. I, I actually want to try something here. Are you ready for this? I am. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Gordon. <clears throat> Bless you, Brett. Do you feel good? Yes, and, and I, uh, I, I chose not to wear my bra today either. <laughs> I thank you. Free thank the man boobies. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're doing wow tomorrow whip them out wednesdays to bring all the attention to breast cancer awareness where it's going and why bras are bad good morning jaybird good to see you my friend um ilsa do you know what your interesting fact is going to be to teach us tomorrow yes i do and don't, let don't tell us about then I'm going to have to find a new interesting fact. <laughs> so please, <laughs> I only want to do homework once a week. <laughs> Don't tell us. I look forward to it because learning about the breast cancer thing is going to be essential. But I think the thing that I, the reason I wanted to bring Brett in here is Brett, as leaders, as men, you and I are dudes. We like boobs in every sort of size, color, shape, make, Right. But the thing is to show support here and show that there actually is a, pa a pandemic, a situation that we want to bring attention to. <clears throat> Sorry about that word. Um, I, I, being a man and being a leader in this is very difficult because we have a totally different perception. How can we be leaders that also support our female counterparts without coming off as creepy? And I'm asking that as you as the leadership coach. But Ilsa as well, because that is a very sensitive topic for some women. And for others, it's like, here's my tatas. Like, I, I, I want to make sure that we take it serious, but also have the fun that we're having with it. So that way everybody feels included. 
<clears throat> well, I think that, you know, one of the challenges that we have is that the human animal is an animal. Correct. And as an animal, there are certain things that are just naturally something that people, uh, you know, you're, you're attracted to in one way or another. So to, to, to just like tell people you shouldn't be or can't be attracted or focused on certain things gets to be very challenging. Correct. The, there's just a natural aspect to that. Now to take that to, uh, you know, to a level where you're starting to be, uh, you definitely stay away from the touchy feely things. You step you definitely don't, you, you're going to have to lift your eyes up to look into the eyes of the person that you're, you're talking to. And it doesn't matter whether you're a male or a female, to be honest, because mm -hmm. uh, women will do the same types of things looking at different aspects of the male body. So it's, it's something that we have to acknowledge and yet something that we have to try to refocus to whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish. Correct. Now, that's, that's where we have challenges. And in today's world, oftentimes... Um, you know, any kind of human touch, whether it just be touching somebody on the shoulder gets misinterpreted or can be misperceived as something that is got a sexual connotation as opposed to a human contact connotation and losing the, the human contact, I think, is one of the biggest challenges that we have as a human race that, you know, the the ability to hug, the ability to have touch that is not sexually associated, but is an empowering connectivity of souls, of people, mm -hmm. is very important. And because of the litigious nature, nature um, especially in the United States and in the corporate world and, and so forth. I mean, I was in the military. So from the very beginning of officer training school, you know, we became highly sensitized to any kind of human contact uh, so that, 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 that was inappropriate. And, and we in uniform were told, you know, no PDA, no public displays of affection. How are you with PDA, Brett? And this is a random question, but it goes along with where we're going because so like I was at a wedding on Sunday and being brutally honest, there was the dresses were low cut. It, it was a wedding and the one girl bent over. And this is why I thought of it is she bends over and you could see everything if you wanted. And as a man, I wanted to be like, how you doing? But I knew that was inappropriate. So once I noticed that I could see down her shirt, I casually looked away and did other things to be respectful. And that was, it's not that I don't want to see anything. It's I'm just being respectful. Mm. But as a man, it's one of these things where. Well, this is, this is where you had a point into, and I totally lost my, th I totally. Yeah, well, well, you run point. into Sorry. a lot of different interpretations and different perceptions of things, right? I mean, 
do you wear, do, are we expecting women to wear, you know, the prudish high collared thing so that nothing shows if they wear a low cut dress, there's always that possibility that things might slip out. Pop out. Um, and but why is it a big deal too? Like we well, made it out. It's to be more like of a big surprise. deal in, in the puritanical Western viewpoint than it is old in other beliefs, cultures. Old beliefs. Um, People get taught to sexualize women because you get dads that sexualize women and that's how the sons learn how to do that. That, that is all I, that... You, well, we learned that... that, that no, 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 I'm not saying all of them. Please, if I ever say something, it's not all of them. It's just what I've experienced before. And and, and I think that, that, that a lot of people get taught like they get taught racism, they get taught to sexualize and 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 and, and think they have a say over somebody else's body and the way that that person dresses. So I my sorry Bob or Bob Brett um I read the Bob comment. <laughs> uh I agree with what you're saying to a point. I also think that there's a point where it's been sexualized through marketing, sexualized through TV, sexualized through news, sexualized through all these other things where we're also seeing a disconnect with fathers in the household. Like they're not there as much. So it's that respect factor that's there that isn't being shown as much. And then it's on top of that, the additive of media. Like at 12 years old now, you're getting almost a billion things of marketing that have hit you already. And that's a lot more than my grandma established. That's a lot more than even I saw. And to have that coming at you in such drastic ways with marketing from your cell phone to your radio to everything you can think of. I, I, I can't imagine being a 12-year-old today with the way things are objectified. But then on top of that, how do you create that balance? Because everybody wants to be their own individual self. And there's some people that are like, let me wear what I want. And then there's others that are like, you need to not even show the wrist or the ankles because the ankles are just too sexy. And I, I understand. I have cankles. Trust me. I get it. Well, again, it, it has a lot to do with culture. It has a lot to do with hyper uh, sensitivity of, of what is being focused on it. You know, if you go over to Europe, the breasts are not as sexualized as they are in the United States. Correct. And to be on a beach topless for a woman had been acceptable for a very long time. Now, I just recently heard that, you know, from a, the, a study in France that less French women are going topless at a beach, not because they don't want to do it, but because they're afraid that they're going to get pictures taken that are then going to get thrown on the web and then be sexualized in a situation that used to be a comfortable, non-sexual sunbathing activity that was common throughout Europe. Now, yes. the United States has got this bullshit puritanical thing, which has made it absolutely ludicrous in terms of the hypersensitivity to the sexualization of natural body parts. 
So, uh, okay. When I was in Mexico, kids were walking around, young girls, young preteens, teens, and they were topless. And I felt a little uncomfortable just because they were so young. But I'm also in another country, so it's not my place to judge what they deem as normal or acceptable. How, if you feel offended by something like that, and I mean this coming from both sides, you're seeing it as a young person and you're in another country, I look the other way and I just don't let it bug me. But in public, it's the same type of thing, whether I, like if Ilsa bends over in front of me and all of a sudden her shirt goes down a little too low, I'm not going to. How are you doing? No, I'm going to turn around. <laughs> it's going to be the respect thing. You know, like it's one of those. And I think that that's the hardest thing people are establishing is we all think our opinions or our viewpoints are the only ones that are there. And we're missing so many other attributes from the fathers not being home to the sexualization to the different cultures. Go ahead, Elsa. The thing is, how old is fashion? How old is clothes? Um, and how old is the world? It's like you're never going to have everybody happy with what you're wearing. So you need to be, you need to be, feel good in your clothes and feel empowered in what you're wearing because it's your choice making your avatar look beautiful for that day if that is but it shouldn't do you get mad at your body do you think you look sexy i i, I get my moments where i think i'm a goddess i've got a song that puts me there it's usually every morning but i do get insecure i do um, I have been getting out of my comfort zone for the past week without wearing my, my required underwear. And I actually went to the shop this morning without wearing it. And, 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 and when I got into the car, I'm like, I actually did that. I can't believe I did that. Did and you I feel dirty? No, no. I just felt weird. And Sorry, the first thing I thought is, what are, you, what, are, what, what are these people thinking? And then I just had to say to myself, you know what? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? There's right. nothing. There's absolutely nothing that their 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 opinions about me is gonna change because I feel that my opinion about myself, I keep in a higher regard than anybody that I see in a shop and has an opinion about my 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 boobs or that I don't have a bra on. And and but my friend actually says you can't even see it. It's a mental thing. It's a mental thing. Well, and, and again, I think it's that hypersensitivity. You know, if you go back, one of the words that you mentioned is my required pieces of underwear. Who required that? Oftentimes that's, that's ingrained exactly into that, our that, training. That is what girls were taught. I mean, I had a training bra. The first thing that when you go into, I think they call it puberty, I don't know, when you go into womanhood or whatever, the first thing they do is take you to buy a bra. And that is what you get taught. And their parents got taught that. And their parents got taught that. And their parents got taught that. And it's cycles and cycles of people telling you. But yet, Adam and Eve were born naked or, or, or were created naked. I mean, they were naked. There was no signs of any clothes. Do you want to say naked Bible. one more time? The Bible did it say that Eve had a plaited shirt with 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 the bra that keeps her bosoms upright so that Adam can feel better about himself? Nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it say that, and that's the reason. I think from the first sentence, the Bible 
just actually like in a way for me um take power away from women it takes power away from women um and 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 teaches them to actually submit and and, and i think and the I, bible does that on both sides but i know what you're saying because yes, they want you yes. to fall in line and stick to the rules like there's someone in charge and they're the blessed one because they're the closest to god and you follow exactly. the rules um but as a leader through all of this because the three of us are the leaders and i'm saying that because we're the three having the conversation every single person watching is a leader in this yeah. it's one of these things like i think sarah makes a good point here they're not even allowed to wear tank tops in schools anymore because the boys and all that and i i literally have had conversations with people i had a conversation the other day a friend of mine has a 14 year old daughter and she's like she got like an in-school suspension for wearing a tank top and I'm like, wait, what? Why? And she's like, because it was distracting to the boys. And I'm like, but that's not fair to her. It's teaching no, her objectives. Yes, it's not her job to, to, to keep young boys in line. And that's it. Exactly. It's she it, it, it also then def it it tears down her self-confidence. And then on top of it, it deshames her body to make her think like I have to cover this up. And mm -hmm. I also sit there and say the boys need to be held to a higher standard if they're not focusing in class and the teacher sees them being like you know you can't get them to like completely snap out of it guess what call them out hey brandon Teach them. I, Teach yes them. and that's what they're there for like and it's not objectify the men it's not put the men the, the young boys in their place but it's treat them to be everybody equal it's treat them to have that same respect. Brett goes to class without pants on. Everybody's going to see why his nickname's Tripod. But that does not mean... No, shorty. <laughs> I compliment you and you insult you. I love you. But like my, my thing is, you go and you do those things. Brett's not going to be allowed to go with no pants on. And it's only because that's a private area, just like Ilsa, just like me. But at schools, we're objectifying things and creating these rules and regulations because we don't want distractions. But life is a, is a distraction. Go ahead, Brett. I see you deep well, down. Teach us our leadership here. Yeah, but, but, you know, we've got, again, the schools are basically reacting to the rules that are being presented by the parents, by the church, by these other organizations outside. Um, and again, in the United States, more so than in, uh, in a lot of other countries, the rules are, again, this conservative puritanical thing that, you know, you, you can't do this here, you can do this here, but we're training our children from the youngest ages that sex in the body is sinful or something that shouldn't be seen except in certain areas and like mandy says the you know the human body is the most beautiful natural form why don't we appreciate it like the greeks used to like it was in the past it's only over the course of time that clothes have become the thing to cover areas and at the same time you go through different periods of history where women are wearing bustiers and things along those lines to accentuate parts of the body so that they can be considered beautiful or that they can be considered sexual 
Um, so I think that, you know, we go through different periods of history and you see different approaches. You go to different cultures. You go to your indigenous tribes in many countries where the women don't wear anything above the waist. And it's not considered sexual that they're Correct. running around that way. It is the training that makes the difference. It is the belief systems. And as I've always said, question the BS of your BS. Mm. And don't be afraid of the fact that, you know, if a woman is wearing clothing that is loose and, and they bend over, well, first of all, they chose the clothing. And if something is visible, it's going to be natural that eyes are going to be attracted to it. And that's going to be- It's how you react when you see it. Thank yeah, you. you know, if you, you see it and then you, you say some stupid ass comment or grab or yeah. something along those lines, that exactly. is your exactly. problem. Correct. You do not I, have to, because I think I, when you, a woman with, and, and, and you go through body dysmorphia and you think you're always fat and all that, putting on clothes is such a, it's actually a task in the morning because you have to feel confident and hope that you look okay. Um, even though you do not feel okay, because 99% of women think they're overweight and 99% of women think they this and they that and always find fault because of what was portrayed or what was said to them. Um, and, 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 and if men, if you see that, just react in a respectful way or do not react at all. I mean, if you can, if you see it, keep it to yourself. I mean, the universe well, gave you to see something. Just don't share it with everybody or make fun of it or or make somebody feel like insecure or, or, or anything about what they're wearing. And, and does, you know, I think, Ilsa, you brought something up that was very important too. And that is, you know, how are we now trained to look at our bodies? If uh, consider our bodies, if you go back into history and you look at some of the paintings um, of Michelangelo, or you look at the, the um, statues of the Greeks, the body size and proportions are completely different and yet considered to be beautiful for the time. And in fact, skinny at one time was considered to be ugly. Correct. So why and is that it was today that this kind of, this is, this is the media, this is, this is the way that man has intentionally changed what is considered to be proper and what is considered to be beautiful. And yet, even in today's society, there are those that believe that those that are bigger are more voluptuous, are prettier, but it is not what you see on TV. It is not what you are seeing in the Vogue magazines. And this is where we've kind of really modified um, through very similar means that they're using for COVID today, modifying people's behaviors and modifying people's beliefs by what you're constantly inundated with on TV, what you're mm -hmm. constantly inundated with through media, be it social or mass media. And that mm -hmm. is what's created a big problem today, along with the litigious nature of the United States, where we have 75% of the lawyers in the world are here in the United States. Does that tell you that there's some bullshit going on? And then you get this litigiousness that goes on 
throughout corporate America as well as in, in private America. And a lot of that also reinforces or tries to take advantage of these beliefs that mm -hmm. are really literally man-made. Correct. True. Brett, you're on fire today, buddy. You're on fire. Your leadership. And it, it's an important topic. We're talking about a topic that like, honestly has a lot of a lot of emotion behind it with a lot of connections for everybody from what we should wear to what history has to how we're even brought up. But I think that the biggest thing to remember through all of this is that we are all individuals. And when you do casually, if somebody is wearing something where they know it's low cut and all of a sudden you see something, don't stare, don't ask to touch, don't, follow them around trying to see it again. That's all creepy as hell. But bringing attention to these things is essential. Uh, as a male, I know I make many mistakes all the time and I had to learn, you don't stare when you do see, see something like that. As a kid, you're kind of like, Well, if we, weren't, if we weren't sensitized to it, we wouldn't be doing that kind of staring. But when something becomes forbidden, what do you do? You are attracted to it. That's where we ran into. That's where we oh, run into the problem. That's also in the Bible. Don't eat the forbidden fruit. And what did they do? Eat the forbidden fruit because you're not allowed to do it. And your brain says, "But why?" <laughs> that's right. Why? Right. You know, I, I agree with CK in that. You know, I don't want to see everybody running around naked, but. That doesn't mean that those that choose to wear different things can't. And it's one like Brandon, you were saying, if you see it and you don't like it, don't focus on it. Move on. Don't associate in those groups or crowds. If you don't want to see skin, don't go to the beach. Correct. True. And, I agree. And, or and the strip the club. Don't go right. to a strip club and then complain that you're seeing naked people. Well, why why is a strip club, why is pornography such a billion trillion dollar business? It's Again, it's it's the the forbiddenness of a lot of this that is the attraction that is why people are paying money to see it. Correct. Correct. So I think that we really need to reevaluate, you know, how we're training ourselves, our children, and how how religions are doing it. And if you want to take it, you know, the to the kind of the nth degree, look at the way that, you know, the the classical uh, Taliban type view is of women's bodies and that they should be covered from head to toe, not even really being able to see their eyes because uh, they, they've got a essentially a shield over them all the way down to the toes the only thing you do see is the hands and you don't want to see anything above the above the hand the wrist those types of things you know that's a whole different level that they've taken to if you if you you know that's a different level of objectification in my opinion of a woman's body if you completely forbid any part of it to be seen are you not objectifying the woman's body in a different way. That's a very good point. That's a very Jay good point. But Jay Bird's got a point there because you can see anything on the internet. You can see right. anything. And on TikTok, the, 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 
sometimes I look at that account and think, how do you have so many followers? Because they show their bots. But there's people that going to follow that and there's people that are not going to follow that. So let everybody just follow whatever they want to follow. And yeah, I, I mean, just because somebody it. says that they're a leadership coach and that they're doing their leadership training in the nude and they've got a ton of followers, that's not necessarily that they're following them because of their leadership training. They're following Correct. them because they've got people that are focusing on their body. Um, and, and those types of things happen. You, I've seen leadership um, people out there that, you know, when they do their podcasts, they're at the beach with a low cut um, swimsuit on and everything else. And, and you're questioning, you know, what, what are you actually selling or promoting? Right. I agree. I agree. So Brett, for today's leadership stuff, while we're diving into this, it's about understanding yourself. I think, uh, it's about understanding and respecting others boundaries. Um, it's, if you don't like something, that means you don't like it. Turn away. If you do like something, act like you're at the art museum. No touch. Like, and in the like, corporate environment, it becomes very difficult because there's just a ton of people that are are forced to associate for the job, and therefore you need to come to some level of balance without overreacting. Correct. I agree. I agree. Um, so, Elsa. Tell us who we're going to learn about and who we're going to be meeting today. Our guest, Mr. Gerald. It sounds, oh, she's smiling so big. And then, Brett, tell us anything you want to teach us before you go. And I hit the button to go into our commercial break. And if the guest doesn't show up before that, guess what? We're going to have some fun talking to Brett more about, about this stuff and learn more leadership styles. You want me to read quickly? You can uh, read slowly if you want. It's I up to you. I read very slowly. So that the people in the back can also understand. <laughs> <laughs> slowly but loudly. Brett, this is for turn. you. I'm going slowly for Brett. Seeing that he's the Yeah, do it slowly for me. Yeah, Brett needs we'll got to turn his hearing it on. We will be inter inter interviewing our special guest, Gerard Long. So it's long, but that's how you spell long. Lung in, in, in Afrikaans as well. So it's got two meanings there, some piece of useless information. On October 26, 2019, Gerard died for 30 minutes. Miraculously, he came back to life with a sense of divine calling to write a book, to share the things that he has learned in a season mm -hmm. of catastrophic suffering. The suicide of his youngest son and the tragic death of his beautiful daughter, Gerard offers invaluable advice on how to journey through suffering. He is providing comfort and help to thousands of people online and face-to-face. -face. Gerard covers a variety of topics in his book and is, op is open to talk about them. How to journey through suffering, how to find God's plan or purpose for your life, how to triumph in the fight of faith, and how to triumph in your marriage when all seems lost. Mm. Um, mm. And that's it. That is very interesting. I can't wait. I hope he comes. Yeah. I was like, he's in the background while you read it. Perfect timing. I just he. So, Brett, do you have anything to add today, or do you want me to go into the sponsors? Um, just you know, 
let not only do we need to be healthy about our bodies and what we take into our bodies, we need to be healthy about what we take into our minds and what we choose to believe mm. in and recognize, as I believe Mandy or it was Mandy or Sherry basically said, the human body is artwork in its most pure form mm. in whatever shape it is in. Mm -hmm. And that we should appreciate people for, as being people and recognize that we are animals and we are going to look at certain things. It's how we focus and how we react to it that is really the key to changing the way that people connect. And that yes. I believe people need to connect more today than they ever have in the past. I agree. Well said, buddy. We'll be right back with Gerald Long after these words from our sponsors. Thank you, Brett. Hi, my name is Brandon. And over the past year, the Delay Cafe team and I have traveled across the U.S. researching this rapidly growing industry of CBD products. What we have found throughout the industry were products that were inconsistent in dosage and used ingredients that weren't even lab tested. Products with chalky textures, bitter aftertaste, worst of all, confusion among the CBD consumers. That's why we created Delight Cafe. A 15 milligram lab tested, all natural, water soluble hemp CBD powder pack. It's odorless, colorless, and tasteless. Add it to your favorite drink of choice wherever, whenever, on the go. Quickly find your calm, your balance, your delight. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, super excited that we're all here today. And we are very honored, very blessed, very grateful he is here today, Mr. Gerald Long. Wow. <laughs> 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 the cheering in the back, I love it. So, Mr. Long, Mr. Gerald, how are you today? And thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Thanks, Brandon. And hi, Lisa. Great, great to be with you. It's an honor to be uh to having a chat with you today. Thank you. I am grateful. So I'm sorry, I have to, I, the, you have a very emotionally, powerfully driven story. I, I, I read your bio this, like this morning, getting ready last night to interview you. And I'm sitting here going, wow, he's going to bring some really interesting knowledge. Like you have 30, you were past, you were dead for 30 minutes and you came back and then what a heartful story about your son and all that. Like, t can you tell us about how your strength and yeah. very, all about Gerald, teach us how you've become such an amazing leader. But it, it, it is a bizarre story. My, my wife, Jeannie and I can hardly believe it ourselves, to be honest, you know, we have to pinch ourselves to think this is, this is so, so strange really, but um, we feel a calling. That's the only way we can describe, we feel a calling in it. And um, yeah, so let me let me start with the with the cardiac arrest because that that's what led to writing the book. And um, is I felt that I needed to share the things that I'd learned in this period of catastrophic suffering. So it was the twenty sixth of October, twenty nineteen, and <clears throat> I've been invited with some South African friends, actually, uh, Lisa, to to go around and watch the. Uh, Semi-final of the Rugby World Cup. Between, oh. Yeah. 
between England and, and the mighty All Blacks uh, in New Zealand. And because it, it was being streamed live from Tokyo, it was 1 a.m. in the morning. I was living in Malibu at the time and uh, 1 a.m. in the morning. And so I would normally never get never leave home at you know that time. Um, as it turned out, if I hadn't have gone, I would my wife would have found me dead in the morning. But um, anyway, I went I went round there. And early on, England scored an amazing try two minutes in. And my friends looked over to me, expecting me to be exuberant with celebrating. And uh, I, I was just still in the chair and they couldn't, they put it, they thought to start with it was a seizure. And then, I mean, it was, every step was just a miracle because um, one of the, one of the young guys looked up my symptoms and said, no, that's not a seizure. That's a cardiac arrest. So they'd already rang 911 and they said it's a seizure, which is not the highest priority for 911. Cardiac arrest is. That's the most top one. So they rang them back. In the meantime, one of these young guys, I was sort of mentoring this young guy. He sort of had a, a download. He says it was like a download from God. He's, he'd never done CPR in his life before. And he's, he just got this instructions to start pumping my chest. And he did 30, 30 pumps on the chest and then two mouth to mouth. It's a funny little side story because he, he said turned to my wife later on, he said, I've been intimate with your husband. He's <laughs> <laughs> so in the, in the midst of the trauma. So, so anyway, I, I there I am on the ground and, and um, flatlined, no pulse, no breathing. My my uh, the LAD, which is the main artery to the heart, had blocked 100 percent. They call they call it the widow maker, actually. So they 10 minutes they've been trying. In the meantime, they called down the, the, my friend's uh, wife, who was a former nurse, and she came down and checked all my vitals and said, I'm, I'm sorry, he's, he's gone. That's it. Um, these two young guys, one of the sons and this, my young guy I was mentoring, wouldn't, wouldn't accept it. And they, one of them started shouting at me, no, Gerald, come back, like this. The other one's pumping my chest. Well, anyway, the, the first responders turn up, and they sort of take over. And for the next 20 minutes, it was another 20 minutes, they try and revive me, try and get a heartbeat back and, and nothing. They, they did six or seven electric shocks to the heart, nothing. And at this point, they're going to say, you know, we did everything we could. And the, the statistics are that for those who get a cardiac arrest, it's different to a heart attack. Heart attack, the part's still pumping a bit, but cardiac arrest is you're flatlined. Um, only 6% of people who have it out of hospital actually survive, 6%. And of those, 90% have serious brain damage because there's you know, no oxygen to the head, to the brain. So anyway, my, my friends are saying to these, to these first responders, give it one more go, give it another go. <coughs> Excuse me. So they have another crack at it and they, they find a heartbeat. So they rush me to the UCLA hospital. Yeah. And um, they bring me fully around. So my wife's woken up in the mid middle of the night and they, they take her to the hospital. I mean, she, uh, you know, she can hardly believe what's going on. Anyway, so she's crying out to God, get, I need another miracle because, okay, I'm alive, but it's, it's likely. In fact, my friends were thinking perhaps we shouldn't have revived him because, you know, who wants to be a cabbage for the rest of your life? Right. So now, now I'm going down to the MRI and the, and the medic comes, comes out and, and they, she just can't believe She just said, this is an absolute miracle. She said, I've, 
I've seen two miracles in my life. This is the second one. No, no, no brain damage. <clears throat> so I'm I'm lying in my bed in the the ICU, and I'm just saying, why why am I still here? What 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 what's my purpose? You know what? I, I, I'm I'm a person of faith, so I'm saying, God, you know what? Why why am I still here? And I felt in those those quiet moments, I felt that God was was wanting me to share the things that I'd learned um, in a period of catastrophic suffering that I'd gone through. My wife had gone and I'd gone through between 2005 and 2014. Um, in particular, I had three epiphanies. Uh, yeah. I mean is, do, you, do you know what I mean by epiphany? You know, it's it's something that changes your life, really. I had three of them in, in, mm. in, a, in a space of time then, in that period. And so I, I realized I needed to share it. And it really, it's about helping people who are suffering. And, and mm. you know, we weren't to know then that COVID-19 was going to come in. And, and now we find ourselves in a time of unprecedented suffering. And especially for young people who, you know, many of them, I mean, the mental health issues now are, are astronomic, mm. you know. And we have, a, we have a message for those folks, you know, to say, don't, don't lose hope. Often, you know, suicide follows on from hopelessness. And hopelessness often comes out of people, they don't know what their calling is. They, they're lost. They've lost their way. Why am I here? What's it all about? Life stinks. I don't see any hope. Let's finish it off. That's what happens. So um, so we have a message. We have a message for, for people who, who are struggling in life, you know, to say that there's actually a silver lining in every cloud, in every cloud you go through, every struggle you have, there's an opportunity for a silver lining. Um, every, the, every struggle, you can come out a better person. Every tough time, there's a way of coming through. And, um, and that's what we're doing now. <coughs> Excuse me, we have, a, we have a non-profit ministry called Awakening to God Ministries, and we, we're, do, we're doing that now. So I'm probably going to tell you a bit more. I, do you want? Do you want? Have you got any questions on that? Or should I go to the? I actually the have a question, and I and, yeah. and, and I, I would understand if you don't want to answer it. But can you remember while that that thirty minutes that you were out, that you were dead? Can you remember anything about it? That's a great. It's a great question. It's a question I most often get asked. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love because everybody love to wants to know if there's a light. Is there yeah, yeah. Really I, a light? I'd love to be able to tell you that I had a whole tour of heaven and, you know, I could say so. <laughs> he lived in an entirely another life. We never even, he didn't even right. know. Yeah, I, Came I, back I, and he's like, wait. I'd probably be making millions now. If I, if I had that story, I'd be doing really well. You know? <laughs> well honestly, I, I, I don't remember anything about it. Don't, don't remember. I mean, I may, maybe I will in time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it at all. But even from the night before, I don't remember. It's a, it's a, I just found myself waking up in the ICU and I'm told, hey, what's just happened to you? And what so, was that thoughts that gone through your mind when you, when you woke up in the ICU? I mean, that must have been <laughs> such a shock to your body. Well, I, I, I mean, I and remember waking still... up. It was actually, actually, actually my pastor standing in front of me, although I had... Jeannie had told me that I had mouthed across the room, I love you, to Jeannie. <laughs> but I don't remember that, <laughs> which is quite that sweet. That is so sweet. And I, apparently I was sort of waving at the room, at the room, across the room like that. I don't remember that. <laughs> the good, so they gave you the good stuff. I like this, you know? Yeah, 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 I know. So uh, I, 
you know, I'm just, um, I just slowly come round, and uh, I, I, it was all, it's all as though I was being carried. I guess, I guess I was being carried. I wasn't frightened. I, I wasn't, you know, it was just coming round slowly, and then, and then it was all about recovery, you know. And they, they told me this bizarre story, which I don't, you know, I just don't remember anything about it. It's so, so strange, so strange. So anyway, I. 2004, um, I was at the top of the mountain. Uh, everything was great. Uh, in my book, I talk about seasons, you know, that we go through seasons in life. Yes. And I guess hopefully most people can remember times. It's It feels like summer. You know, everything is great. The, the birds are singing. The sky is blue. The sun's out. It's lovely. You know, everything is wonderful. I, I was in a season like that. We'd had 24, 24 years pretty much like that. And um, I, uh, <clears throat> I said to Jeannie, I said to my wife, I said, does, does it get any better than this? We, had, we both had a great walk with God. Um, we, we had a great marriage. We had three fantastic children. I was an, I was an expat about in, in international banker with HSBC, earning a lot of money uh, in a great house, in a great church, and seeing people's lives being transformed, these are coming around to our home. We were doing a thing called Alpha, teaching people about Jesus and his and his and his teachings. But it's it's not religious. It's very very relaxed uh, how it's done. Uh, does it get any better than this? You know, this, this is we're at the top of the mountain. Everything's great, right? And um, hopefully, you know, everyone who's who hears this will can think, yeah, I've had times when it seemed great. You know, hope hope, hope that everybody's got a time like that. Well, it was shortly after that that um, uh, it's like the wheels came off. And if, if you know the, the biblical story of Job in the Bible, he was at the top of the mountain. Everything was great. And then it was like Satan was released to attack him. And that's what seemed to happen to us. Everything seemed to start going wrong. Beginning of 2005, our, our dog died. If you're a dog lover, you'll understand that. You know, our dog died. It was, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> Um, middle of the year, our beautiful daughter, Rebecca, was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. That her, She was slowly going blind. Thankfully, it wasn't fast. It was a fairly slow, but that was maybe genetic, and then we couldn't trace it in our family. I felt sort of betrayed at work. You know, everything before that, everything had been going really well. Now things were not going so well. But then we got to the bottom of the of the valley, so to speak, at the end of the year when our youngest son, Alex, uh, he, he wasn't depressed. He wasn't a big drug taker, but he did take a drug with this this boy at school, and and it it made him delusional, and he became paranoid. And we thought he would get over it. We you know he, we, he, over time it would get through. But on the eighth of November, 2005, he he went out and he and he committed suicide. So our world fell apart. And um, from, you know, from what a contrast from before. And my wife, my precious wife, she's she's uh, um, ex-ballerina. She's not, you know, she's not tough, so to speak. She's a she's a fairly slight lady, Jeannie, beautiful. She went from shock to horror to anger to hatred. The horrible thing with suicide is, is that you are blame, it's blame. You know, why didn't we stop it? You know, what, why didn't we see this happening, you know? And so Jeannie was blaming herself. She hated herself for that. She blamed me and she hated me for it. You know, why did you bring us to America? Because 
probably tell from the accent I'm not from Chicago. You know, I'm, I'm from <laughs> the, I'm from the UK. So we'd come over with the bank, you know, in a, in a, in a on a work thing. Um, and uh, she hated God, and then she lost her faith for two years. She couldn't couldn't reconcile how a loving God could have allowed this to happen. You know, that's that's a fair. It's a you know it's a, it's an easy easy thing to ask. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a reasonable question, yeah. and that's what, one of the reasons most, most recent reason people lose their faith is is because of suffering, or people yeah. don't come to faith. How can a loving God allow all the suffering in the world? You know, it's a it's a big big question. So she, it was a not that those two years was an absolute nightmare, absolute nightmare. And uh, she wanted to leave me. She was looking for ways to get to leave me. Nineteen out of twenty marriages can fail after suicide of a child. Um, it's just, just the, yeah, the agony is just too too much. So the only way I got through in those days, I, I used to um, get up in the middle of the night. I was sort of working. I was I, I started working for Alpha USA actually at the time. Um, but I used to get up in the middle of the night and I used to go down to my study and I literally used to cry until I had no more tears left to cry. And I was totally broken. And I'd cry out to, to God. And thankfully, I didn't, I didn't turn away from it. I did have, one, I did have a moment where I'd, I said, why? Well, God, why? I thought you were my friend. Why, why have you allowed this to happen? I don't, I don't believe God ever causes evil but i i believe like with the story of job sometimes he permits it for a bigger eternal plan and purpose i had a season like that but otherwise it, you know it was okay look, just help me help help me help me get through this and it was in that time when i was at my lowest point that i had these three epiphanies and the first one was um of the, the fact that god sees and god cares about every bit of suffering in this world and it sort of came to me in this moment of brokenness where I felt this arm, I felt an arm around me. And I, it was so real. I looked up, because I was down like this, you know, I used to go just, just pouring out my heart and soul. And I looked around to see who was there. And there was no one physically there, but it was as though, it was though Jesus was there, yeah, uh, so, so to speak. And um, it, I guess the Holy Spirit was making him real to me. But the thing that really struck me was that he was weeping with me. He was he was crying with me. And it, I, it came home to me how much God hates suffering in that in those times and how much he, his heart breaks for every bit of suffering in this world. Every he sees it all. Of course, he sees it all. He sees what's going on behind closed doors. He sees all the brokenness. He sees the hunger, the suffering, all of it. And people say, well, why doesn't he stop it? You know, if he's got, why doesn't he stop it all? And the, the answer is he's, he, he is going to. There will be a time, I believe, and this is my faith. I'm talking for my faith now. And what the Bible teaches, that there is a time when Jesus is going to come back and he's going to put all things right. Or he's going to make all things beautiful <laughs> again. I believe that. But for now, it's like a, it's, this is a time of decision. We have this time. Relative to eternity, it's a really short time. We have a time of decision where the people are going to accept Jesus, accept God, and and allow him to be God in their lives, in other words, to be number one, or to say, no, no, I want to be God. People don't right. say that, although my father-in-law used to say that. I used to, I used to share my faith with him. He'd say, not listening, he'd say, I am my God, he said. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's how a lot of people 
if they don't say it, they live it. You know, I'm, I'm not, don't ever tell me whether I'm, I am God. I'll do whatever I want to do. That's a decision. If they want to do that, that's a decision they have to, to, you know, if they want to take that. And it's a decision for now, but for eternity. So there's a time, the, the Bible says that, that God doesn't want anyone to perish. So now we have this, this, this paradox, because on the one hand, God's heart is broken with all the suffering, and he wants to bring yeah. it to an end. On the other hand, every day is another day for people to come to faith and come to be in a relationship with God for eternity. If right. that makes sense. If that makes sense. <clears throat> so I saw, I sort of I got it. I understood that and um I could and I sort of felt somehow that God wanted me to help relieve his pain by reaching out to the suffering to help the suffering. Um with the with the with the comfort he was giving me. The second epiphany was linked to that was the epiphany of eternity. It's sort of because we we people of faith we talk about heaven talk about eternal things but it really came so so real to me real so real to me that this life is just a breath relative to eternity i know when we're in it it always seems so huge and there's issues <coughs> and that's that's right it's true but relative to eternity which goes on forever <laughs> it really is snap of a finger it's a blink of an eye yep and I, and I got it and i got it that okay god's i've got this cup to drink it's a bitter cup and yeah. it's painful. Um, and yet when I look through the Bible, I don't see anyone who didn't suffer. Everybody suffered in some form or other who God used. And of course, at the center of the Christian faith is Jesus, who's, who, who had the most horrific death you could imagine, being tortured yeah. to death on the cross. You can't beat that. You know, it's horrific. Um, and yet out of it came good. Out of it came so much good. And so I could see, okay, God, I, you know, this is painful, but I believe you're going to turn it around for good. And so I sort of got the eternal perspective and it flipped everything. It turned everything upside down. Whereas before it made no sense that he would allow Alex to pass. Alex is in heaven now. I am going to see him again. Suicide is not the, uh, the un unforgiven sin. No, that I believe that, that Jesus has made a way for every sin, including suicide, to be forgiven. So I'm going to see Alex again. It's going to be great. But for now, I miss him. And it's yeah. painful. Every day it's painful because I miss I, him. I, I um, think jump in, by the way, anytime you want to ask a question. No, no, I think me and no. Ben can relate to, 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 to having a huge loss in our lives in the past year, almost year and a half. I have is. lost I've, a very, I'm yes, sorry. a lot of people yeah. have, have, have lost people. In, during the COVID, but like sudden, yeah. because it's uh, I, when people are ill and you expect that, it's not such a huge shock to your body than it is when you just suddenly out yeah. of the blue get a call and you have, you were like, um, but I, I thought I was going to see you tomorrow. That just pulled out of your life so completely and everything. And and, 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 and the fact that you say that it, 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 it does affect uh, marriages and stuff. How did you get your marriage back on track with 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 this? Because I think they, there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there that 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 are struggling with 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 death from the COVID. And... Uh, actually, can I jump in on that really quick? Yes, please uh, do. You say how to triumph in your marriage when all seems lost, and I think the you and your wife have been through a lot of different areas where there's a lot of 
a lot of triumph, but there was a lot of trials. How did you, how did you stay a man of leadership? How did you stay a man of faith? Because it could have been very easy for you to turn around and be like, I'm out and leave. And you stood tall, you stood strong, and you stood in your foundation. Why? Yeah. <clears throat> well, to, to answer that, I, I've got to go back to 1980. Um, in my last year at college, and um, I was captain of the track team. I was one of the lads on campus, you know, living living as young men do. Um, but I had an encounter with God in, in my room at college. No one else was around. There was no, I was no meeting, Christian meeting. There was no music or anything like that. I just had this encounter. God turned up in this room. And uh, I was completely transformed. It was like this liquid love came into my heart. Um, I now know that was Bible, the Holy Spirit. It's the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, poured this love into my heart. And did we lose him now? Satan, you will not win. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that from you in any way. Let's just, while we see if, oh. And then we'll remove that guy. There we go. There you go. There you go. Did your coffee die? We, you, right when the signal went out, Ilsa's like, not today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I was loving it. So I, I was like, it. go ahead. You were saying well about uh, well you. So, were right. Yeah. 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 So I was, I had this encounter. And the only way, the best way I describe it is that I fell head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, it, it may sound a bit odd to some people. I don't know, mm -hmm. but it—that's the—that's the best way I can describe it. It's just this incredible love came into my. Oh no! All I, you know, when you really love someone, all you want to do is please them. Mm -hmm. We know that naturally. I'm talking about relationship with God now through the through the Spirit. You know, through our spirits. But even in a in, even in a natural relationship, when you really love someone, you you you, you want to please them, don't you? That's the thing of love. You want to please that person. So from that moment on, from that encounter, all I wanted to do was to please God. I wanted to do his will. And I just said, okay, God, whatever, whatever you want me to do. I, gave, I handed everything over, this beautiful relationship I had with Jeannie, my, my running. Uh, I was doing reasonably well as a runner. I had a business. I just said, it's, if you want me to do these things, great. If not, I'm so filled. I was so content. I was so fulfilled. Didn't matter. Whether 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 they were in my life or not, <clears throat> so I, Jeannie, Jeannie, I married Jeannie, so she was clearly <laughs> part of the plan. But my running and my business, I ended up just sort of okay, fair enough, and <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so I, I go back to that time because that the, it's the love in my heart for God that's that's kept me, and it's not that wasn't a one-off thing. I, I I have moments where. This love just sweeps over me again and again. And um, I just want to please God. I just want to do. So I knew in that time, you're quite right. I, I could have been, Jeannie was hating me at this time. I tried to love her and she would just kick, kick me in the face, so to speak. And um, and I could have said that, you know, I've had enough. 
that's not, I'm not going on anymore. But I knew that's I knew God wanted me to keep loving her. She was in darkness. She was yeah. Satan had got her trapped, and she was in this darkness. And so there were two times when I said I got to the end of the day, and I and in this when I was weeping with God, I just said I, I just can't. I'm finished, you know, I can't do this anymore. But but I know you I know you want me to, so I just please pour in more love to help me keep going. Um and I'd wake up in the morning and I had more love in my heart. So it was motivated from from start to finish by love. Um that I wanted to love God and do his will. And uh, that turned out into loving Je Jeannie, my wife. And I think in love, you know, there's light. It's like, light. you know, Jesus said to his disciples, you're the light of the world. I think there's love in light. And although Jeannie was in utter darkness and she, her thinking was irrational, as, as this love was coming out to her, there's like a light that came to enable her to see things differently. And I always remember there was a moment when she turned to me and she said, actually, Jared, I am thankful, she said. I am thankful. And I knew that that was the light was getting through into her thinking. She was starting to see things differently. And that's one of the things we teach people now, how to journey through, through suffering, is to, is to be able to help them to see things differently. Um, so uh, that my, so my third, the third epiphany was to do with what, what we call, the in the Christian world, it's called grace, which basically is God's provision for you. And uh, I needed love at this time. I needed strength to keep going. I needed... Not today, Satan. Not today. Satan, Satan so, you so, are not invited. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, Just move so, over, please. Yes, <laughs> get away. Yes, yeah. um, so uh, so the, um, the grace, I, I just got it about grace, you know, and, that, and my, one of my favorite verses at that time was Hebrews 4, 16, where it says, we go boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. To receive yes, mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. In other words, whatever we're needing, whether it's more strength, whether it's finances, whether it's wisdom, we always need more love, more love. We can come to God and say, help. It's, good. it's a good prayer. One of the best prayers mm. is help. <laughs> I need some help down here. Where are you, God? You know, you look at the psalmist, David, he, he was dead honest. And I think God wants us to be dead honest with him and say, look, I'm struggling. I'm 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 struggling, and I and I see that to him too. I'm feeling discouraged and disappointed. You know, whatever it might be. Um, I feel that he's an and he comes by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been left here yeah, to help he us. He's he's a helper. The thing is, you can you can try and lie to him. In any case, it's not going to work because that's why they say there's three sides to a story: your side, my side, and the truth. Because only the God within knows why you made certain decisions in your life to further your own. And if it comes from a place of malice and, 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 and to hurt people, or if it's coming from a place to save yourself. Yes. So that's just my piece of. Yeah. In the book of, in the book of Job, Job had to release himself. And he was blaming, he, he lost his house. He lost all of his kids. He lost all of his funding for his job. So he had no money coming in. And in the book of Job, it says he stripped down to nothing and shaved his head with a piece of clay. 
uh, they use a different term. Uh, sorry, theology major here. Um, and so for me, when I what everything is removed from you, you have to strip yourself free. Uh, you have to be willing to break out of all the things that you think are of this world because we're not of this world. We're just in this world. And I think that Gerald shows that faith in such a fair, it, other than the great head of hair, he didn't shave his head apparently. Um, I'll trade you. I'll trade you, Gerald, any day, buddy. <laughs> I said, I can, fair enough, Brandon. You, you, you got me there. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> Every day to wake up, uh, mental health is a big thing we talk about here. Mm. It, it is. And to have your son have that, ha that demon inside him get there is very difficult. And for you to bring a positive light from that and say, no, I am going to see him again is essential. So I want you to hear that even if you're out telling your story and you're giving it to people. I want you to know you can feel it on our hearts. And that is a really, really tough thing. And from someone who knows suicide in multiple different ways, I, I, my, my heart goes to you, Gerald, you and your wife. And I want to say how amazing it is that you made it through even during these tough times. Because the truth mm -hmm. is, it's easy to just the reason those marriages don't last is it's easy to say we're done. It's easy yeah. to say, well, obviously this was the other person's fault. And the truth yeah. is you two looked at each other and said, no. So we have more that we're supposed to do. Gerald, God is there. God is in your heart. You hear what you're saying and the passion behind it, but waking up and having that joy had to be something that almost pissed your wife off. And I mean that in the nicest of yeah. ways because you, you're yeah, yeah. trying to love her. And she's like, look, mother effer, stay away from me. And yeah. I think that's a very tough thing. What inside you kept pushing you to say, I need to be here for her. I love her. And this is what I'm supposed to do. And then why didn't you run? Why didn't you do that? Because so many men easily could have ran. And you're like, no, I'm here because I'm supposed to be. Why? As I say, it, it, it comes back to, to this grace again. It comes back to my, my the, the, the eternal perspective. This is why these are to help me, because I was seeing beyond the here and now. Um, you know, talk about Jesus at the cross, the joy set before him, he endured. For the joy set before him endured. But he's seeing beyond the here and now. And I think that's one of the keys when we're going through a really tough time is to say, you know what, it's going to pass. Yeah. This is going to pass. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I talk about in my in the book, Living Hope, is seasons. We go through these seasons. And, you know, you might be in a really, really tough storm, but it's going to pass. And mm -hmm. to be able to have that perspective, to be able to understand that, and then to be able to, to learn to receive strength. I think that's one of the key things is, there's a story in the Bible about King David, who was a who was an amazing, amazing man of God, and he was probably at his lowest point. And um, his wife and children had been had been taken by the the um, Amalekites, and they were they were nasty people. You can imagine what they were doing to his wife and children. They were exhausted. 
in every which way, mentally, physically, emotionally. And then his, then his men turned on him. They were going to stone him. He was really at the bottom. And it's is that it's Samuel and and I have to get I now had to strengthen my soul, my spirit. And uh, it is coming aside, spending time with God, listening to worship music, maybe praying. I, I, I meditate on scripture for that meditation today. My meditation is on, on God's promises. I believe I believe there is a God and I believe that what he says is true. And I believe that, that what he says is going to come up, come to be. So I, med- I literally I literally meditate on scripture. That that made mm. a big difference in my life. So that you know there was little techniques. I used to write little notes to Jeannie uh, through and leave them in where she used to keep her keys or you know where in her pockets and things to try and just buy it. You know when she started to come through, it was after two. It took two years before anything really changed. She started to come through. I, I had such encouragement um, when I saw things changing in her. That was such a, such a great time when that happened. So I, I, you know, I have to say it's it's really all God because I know, I know that I came to the end of myself and I. But that's part of my story now. Part of the story is that we can say to anybody, look, I, I, however bad your life is, whatever you're facing, I know God's grace. If you go to him, he'll get you through. He'll help you to get through. And just be courageous. And I get I guess one of the, you know, what what is it that God wants us from us? Courage is one of the big things that he wants for us to do. What, what is courage? Courage is is willing to keep going. It's gonna you're gonna go whatever the cost, you're gonna keep going. You're not gonna yeah. turn back, you're gonna keep going. So that's one of the messages, you know, Winston Churchill, a great British leader, never, ever, ever, ever give up um it's gonna there's there's a better there's better days to come and boy that as you keep going you're going to learn things that are going to help other people and that's really what god you know god takes us through hard times it's so he can put something into our soul iron into our soul treasure into our soul that we can then give out to other people so so in that i mean that time two months after alex my sister passed Two months after, a few years after that, my brother passed. Both of them died of cancer. Both of them had had end-of-life experiences. I mean, I don't know how much time we've got, but my sister, for example, she was she was just a shell. She'd had all this chemo for cancer. And I raced back to the UK to see her on her deathbed. And she was just like, shriveled up and just barely breathing like a shell, hardly alive. And just before she, she finally passed, she suddenly sat up in bed her eyes appearing like this and looking out and my mother's i know what's happening she's, she's seeing jesus and then he was gone so that moment between absent from the body present with the lord she was manifesting in her body i mean I'm, and i the lord's been speaking to me about eternity and it's just reinforced by, by you know how true this all is you know we we we, we pass from this life into our heavenly body <laughs> which would be amazing 
and there she was going. My brother, same way. I saw his spirit leave. I won't get into it now, but I saw it. I saw him leave. It was amazing. And then we moved. My my nephew died in a car accident, and then we moved to 2014. So in this time, our beautiful daughter, she was our eldest child. She was just a, an a, absolute angel. She came to live with us, and she helped to to look after Jeannie. And uh, she was just so amazing. And I had to go to um, the UK with Jeannie. She I was, I had been down with Rebecca down in Southern California. She'd gone back to Chicago where we were living at the time. And um, she she had a terrible accident. And she fell into Lake Michigan and, and she ended up getting hypothermia and she and she drowned. She drowned. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, you can't, you know, this, this, the, they're not the words we can't describe what we went through. It was just, it was a horrible, horrible, that thing. Anyway, um, my, Jeannie, she realized she couldn't go on. She just sort of, she just sort of surfaced after eight years of, of struggling. Her faith was back. Our love was back in our marriage. It was looking good again. And suddenly smack when we're, we're, we're crushed again. So she was going to take her life. She 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 could, she just couldn't go on. I didn't know it. Obviously, she told me later. But she went up to Rebecca's room, and she wasn't going to come out of that room. But as she went into the room, this light came into the room. I saw her before she went up. She's just like a shell. She wasn't really there. She'd gone, as it were. Yes, yes. She came downstairs after this encounter, and her face was literally shining. And I. And I got, I got up and I said, what, what's happened to you? I mean, she was just shining, amazing. Her eyes were sparkling. I said, what's happened to you, Jeannie? And she, she said, she described what, she went into this room, this light came into the room. It wasn't, she didn't see a physical being, but it was just this light. And the atmosphere in the room changed completely. It was like, it was full of joy and that full of love. so amazing. Yeah. And, and she, it was like she had a, she was like transported to heaven for a, for a few minutes, and she said she sensed Alex and Rebecca behind her, but she didn't need to look. She was so enamored with who was in front of her, which I guess was Jesus, because it was. And anyway, he spoke all these things to her, and he said one of the things which was so bizarre. He, he said to her, "Jeannie, your your grief is not your own. Your grief mm. is not your own." And. Um, so anyway, she came down and said, a long, long story short, I won't go into all the detail, but we're now, okay, we're just saying, God, what, what, what do you want to do? Signal is bad. No. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, good. So I'm saying, I'm saying, um, okay, we've got this empathy in our hearts for those who are suffering. You know, empathy is where you've been through it yourself and you can say, I, I know, I know what you're going through because I've been there. And so now using we your can pain as Yes, using your pain as purpose. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, there's a scripture that says with the comfort that you've been comforted, you can now comfort other people. And so we started this ministry called Awakening to God Ministries. And now we're we're literally reaching millions of people online. Um we do clean water wells for the poor in India. We've over 50 villages now. We provided clean water. 
but but really largely it's for people who are who are struggling with a broken heart um loss of a loved one loss of a relationship loss of their health loss of their finances whatever it might be um and uh people who are struggling we had the, there's a facebook group we've got a we on oh, there's a triumph of marriage course um, yeah, I see that a, videos on your uh, yeah, board, yeah, the guys can right. see that they can go and subscribe to your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We and so we just we send these messages out. We literally on our on Facebook we have over six hundred and fifty thousand followers on Facebook, and um, I do these video lives and things like that. And I just literally wanting to help people and give them hope, which is what I wrote this book, Living Hope. And I and really it is to say, you know, guys, whatever bad things going on in your life, God's intent is that it be turned around for good. He wants to help you through it. So uh, there's three phases I talk about going, you know, three phases of suffering. One is the first phase is comfort, is that you need to spend time to be comforted. So we just say be still and receive love, receive love, grieve well. Mm -hmm. And that includes crying, you know, especially to the guys who think they can't cry. <laughs> you, you cry and cry well because it's part of a natural process of, mm. of grieving, you know, and take your time. Don't rush it. it. took Jeannie nearly you know, eight years sort of thing. Don't ever rush it. There's no time in grief. Let it just come through and ask God. I used to ask God to help me, help me grieve. You know, you know how, how much I'm hurting. Help me to grieve well. And then we and then we talk about the season of restoration where we're restored and now you feel you can laugh again and you can be yourself again and get back to where you were the third phase is where, where often people don't recognize it don't see it it's it's a season of tri what we call triumph season of triumph mm -hmm. god wants to turn whatever evils happened to us whatever things have happened turn it around for good to help other people mm -hmm. so one of the things, and Jeannie was going through it with, with uh, after Alex, a, a turning point for her. She took his suicide note out, and as she was weeping on the ground, she just felt these words come into her mouth, was into her mind, was "kick Satan in the teeth, kick Satan in the teeth," <laughs> and that, and that, you know, as part of the, the journey now is to where where Satan's been beating people up and causing death and and pain and suffering is to turn that round. And we have a vision. We have these faith. We call them hope, hope warriors, where people who have been through hard times now have been comforted. They've been restored, and now they're helping other people. And just mm -hmm. think what the world would be like if everybody did that. Mm -hmm. It'd be, it'd be amazing. That, that would be amazing if we had a godlike love for everybody. The world wouldn't be what it is right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 100% yes. And I think that when I'm sorry, my signal cut out there for a little bit. Um, I, I, I was like, I could hear you through my YouTube on my phone, but I couldn't see you or hear you through what I was saying here. I was like, okay, I'm going to replug everything in. Right. Um, but I think that the biggest thing people are having a problem, I, I, the biggest thing for me is I would like to see more people understand that your faith is your faith and the God that you're following is one night. That's why you do what you do to be the example of. And I think there's a lot of people that they hear Jesus, they hear Buddha, they hear God, and they 
they automatically start to get this defense mechanism up. But a lot of people don't realize that that God, especially the one, Gerald, that you're going through, that you and your wife dealt with or are, are, are coming to, it's a totally different God. It's a forgiving God. It's a loving God. It's mm. that not you're you, you've dealt with so much trauma, so many different challenges, but mm. you still show up. And that's what God wants is he wants yeah. to uh, th th God wants to see that you not only love yourself that much, but that you're going to love others that much. And with you showing up and being willing to talk about first off your heart attack, that's a very sensitive subject to then turning around and talking about your son and the situation that brought upon the family. I have to be honest. That's one of these things where I think a lot of people have never felt that pain. So they don't understand why there's that anger. There's an animosity. There's a pain there that, that that's just un recognizable until you've been there. Um, yeah. With that all being said, and you're doing these things for your church, how does Gerald wake up today and take care of Gerald and be a leader? Well, I, 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 I do believe that we, one of my favorite scriptures is above everything else, my child, it's in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart, because mm. out of it flows the wellspring of life. Mm. And, and mm. I, I, I see my heart being a bit like a garden. I, I do love gardens. Um, and our hearts are a bit like gardens, you know, that, that, yeah, you can get some great flowers growing, but you can also get some weeds growing. Yes. You have, to, you have to tend your garden. You've got to keep the weeds out. And I think that scripture speaks to me about don't let any bitterness get in. Mm. Don't let any unforgiveness get in. Don't let any disappointment or discouragements get in um uh all of these things that the devices the things that hurt us you know even yeah. though even though they might on the surface of things give us temporary pleasure down the line it's going to hurt you i think i saw you just before i came on you were talking about pornography you know that's a, yeah. that's that's a blight of our age you know it's, it's killing our society correct um, temporary pleasure but down the line it, it it's, it's going to kill you you know so to speak you know it, it creates a horrible situation in marriages and you know it creates a demand that's that's ruining people's lives mm. i won't go into details now but that's an example so i've got to keep my heart and the, yes there's a matter of self-control people don't like to hear that today yes you know, I, i'll do whatever i want to do yeah, yeah, but you'll hurt yourself if you do that. You know, rather keep, keep. If God says, you know, this is the way to go, He's not saying it because He's a killjoy. He's saying it because it's best for you. It's good for you to do these things. Um, so keep your heart, and and so I do. I I I have time with God every day. I, you know, I I do meditate on Scripture, um, but I also have a lot of fun as well. So later on tonight, I'm going to go and play tennis with a guy, and have a lot of fun. Jeannie and I go for these great walks, you know, in the countryside. Um, I, I love all outdoors. I love animals. I love flowers. I mean, I love all creation. I mean, creation blows my mind. I'm, I feel as I'm living life at another level, so to speak. You know, I hear the birds singing and the joy that I get out of listening to a robin singing <laughs> or seeing a flower, you know, smelling, a, taking time to smell a flower and look at it. Just, I mean, really look at a flower how incredible those things are. 
you know, um, the smells, you know, the shapes and colors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I look after my soul. I keep my soul fresh and, and good and then keep, keep, keep my heart. And, and relationships, of course, at the end of the day, those are the things that are so special, isn't it? We should all have some good, relation, great relationships that we, special people. And I believe God brings them into our lives, special people who we can be honest with. I, I, I'm a great believer in being totally honest and not, hold, not holding any secrets, keeping things out in the open. Because our heart is desperately wicked, you know, <laughs> and it will try and hide things away. When you bring it into the open, you expose it and it get, you bring it into the light. And if you've got a, a trusted friend or a mentor, someone who's going to be looking out for you, it stops. We're in a fight. I mean, in my book, I talk about the fight of good faith, which is the fight of faith. You know, it's the fight of holding on to God's promises. Um, that's, that's like an anchor for the soul. And it is a fight. You've got to be vigilant. You've got to be careful. Um, but we can do it with great love and great joy. Um, because it's in that place that uh, God is glory. There's a, a, a simple catechism. It's, I know it's a long, long theological word, but basically it means it's a, it's a belief, if you like. The shorter Westminster Catechism, what is, the, what is the purpose of man or woman, you know, in today's language? What is the purpose of them? Is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Glorify God and enjoy him forever. It's pretty good, isn't it? That's you know, nice and simple. So I, I want to live in a way that gives, you, you were saying, Brian, it's so right. People talk about Christianity. And fortunately, a lot of what people have seen is not, is not Jesus. It's, it's man. Mm -hmm. And it stinks often. People yeah. say to you, are you religious? And I sort of say, no, I'm, I'm not religious. <laughs> not in the wrong sense, if you know what I mean. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm following him. I want to, I want to live in a way that, that brings... A good name magnifies his name, glorifies his name, if you like. That's my goal is for his name to be lifted up through how I live and my attitudes and my words and what I say and things like that. But it's not it's not religious, not judgmental or anything like that. It's, it's, a, it's a life of love and of joy, mm -hmm. fullness of life. You know, that's what it is. So is um, we want people to we people to know what, what, what it really means to be a follower of Jesus, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah. So before we before we say goodbye, usually everybody gets a, a turn to 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 say goodbye to the people. Brandon, you will go first. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to come to me. <laughs> then I will go, and then Gerard. Then you can go, and you can can impart us with your wisdom and 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 just what is 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 put on your heart to share with our listeners and thank you so much for joining us um if everybody can go like your 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 your, your youtube pages and 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 you on 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 um instagram and facebook as well yeah um and and, and buy the book if you will and the, the book, book. The book. Uh, definitely definitely um so we just want to thank you and brandon you can go oh and brett you Use Brett a second. Brandon, Brett, me, and Gerard. <laughs> There's the link for the book for everybody. Make sure you guys go click it and go, go take a look. And you can subscribe to Gerald's YouTube channel, just like we showed earlier in the episode. It is right here. And there's the link for the YouTube channel as well. Um, guys, today has been a 
Sorry. You're fine. There's been a lot that went through today from talking to the beginning of the day about breast cancer to talking about pornography and what that goes through to then talking about the pains that some of us go through in life that many don't understand. Gerald's pain that he went through with his wife from getting through his heart issues to their kid. There's a lot that went in there. And the faith that Gerald had to have deep down inside had to emphasize who he truly is as a man and who he is as a human. And the truth be told, I really am honored that he didn't just take time for this, but he took the time to write a book, to be able to give back to everybody, to give them a hope. And as he says in his book, a living hope. I just hope that today we take a moment to take a breath, look inside and find hope because we're very blessed to have the guests that we do come on and very honored to have guests that we do come and show us the representation like he did today. So remember, we're all on a journey together and finding that living hope inside all of us, like Gerald talked about, is essential. Thanks, guys. You're muted, Brett. To take it into kind of a leadership perspective and so forth, and now that I'm wearing my glasses here, um, you know, life and leadership is about what we focus on and what we can focus on. Sometimes we need to have help or glasses or something along those lines. And in fact, these glasses actually filter out some of the blue light. And why? Why? Because blue light has an effect on the body. So we also have to filter that stuff and our mind naturally filters for us, but oftentimes we don't consciously know what that filter is. So put on some glasses, um, focus on what you, what life is bringing you, filter out those things that um, don't empower you and allow those things that do empower you into your heart because it's in your heart when we feel that we really can act and to change ourselves and the world around us. So this morning I woke up and I thought I was just going to do my washing. And I went to a friend of mine's house and I was where exactly where I wanted to be. Because when I woke up this morning, I said, I just want to be better and I want to do better. And um, I got this message that, that, that I just need to get out there. And, 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 and I'm, it goes like, I woke, I woke up today to try and be a better and to do better for myself, but also for everyone in my life, to empower everyone I encounter. You have wisdom inside you to change your own world and that can change people in your energy field if you change how you perceive it and 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 and, and the way you 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 encounter people and interact with people and empower people it sends such a ripple effect through everybody that is involved in that energy field um we have to have a godlike love for ourselves 
and for our fellow human beings and start with the change by change ourselves to change the world around us because we have to take care of our souls because the day that you close your eyes that is the only thing that goes with you not even your body goes with you your soul and your love and your legacy that you leave for people so go out and change 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 yourself to 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 empower and enlighten people and show them how to live in god's light and not just tell them but show them from your life how you have changed your pain into purpose great so i, I just wanted to leave with these thoughts that next time you you see a sunset or a sunrise uh, I, I want you to, to to know as you look up there that there's a god who desperately loves you um, and cares about you um, and wants to help you on your journey uh, i want you to know that, <clears throat> that we all go through struggles in in different ways and if you're struggling now know that you're not alone and know that god wants to come alongside you and be with you and yeah, we all make mistakes. We all mess up in one way or other. We're all in the same boat in that sense. And uh, I want folks to know that we there is a place of forgiveness. We can be forgiven. And, and I believe Jesus came to make a way for that forgiveness. And just to know that he wants to be your friend and invite him to be be your friend and to help help you through life. I don't believe we're ever meant to be walking through this life on our own. He wants to walk with us and help us and care for us and as as we just heard from lisa there uh, when we're filled with love then we are able to love others whatever whatever they might do or, or to us we can love others and we want more love in this world and more purpose we have a purpose we're not here aimlessly we're not here by accident no we're here with a purpose every one of us a unique purpose that only only you can do and as you fulfill that purpose you get into that calling you come fully alive and then you can live life to the full so uh, thank you it's great great to be with you today amen amen so we're going to say goodbye you guys must go out have a wonderful wonderful day mr brett thank you for joining us mr gerard long thank you so much for your time and and spending it here with us and mr brandon Great to Dini act, bro. <laughs> have, a, have an amazing day, guys. See you soon. Thank you.